Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website. Scott Bradley is founder and chairman of the Constitution Commemoran, or Commemora- wow, Commemoration Foundation. He's also the author of the book and DVD slash series. It's a lecture series to preserve the nation in the traditions of the Founding Fathers. Imagine that. FreedomsRisingSun.com. We need more of that for sure. Uh, Dr. Bradley, there's so much to discuss. I want to get into an interesting topic uh, this second hour, and I'm going to start out with a question. Is the United States in an undeclared war with China? Now, that's a weird question some might say. You know, they're our most favorite nation trading partner, da 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 uh, but you know what? I look at this and I go, wow, they're saying we can't use TikTok because, by golly, it's uh, part of the Communist Chinese Party there, and they're gathering information on the citizenry, and it's dangerous. And But yet they're our most favored nation trading partner, and now all these balloons get launched, launched over the United States. The Communist Chinese say it's only a weather balloon. Our technology and our evidence and our military says no. No, no, no. First off, spying is surveillance without due authorization. We never gave due authorization. So if they are surveilling us in any way, then it is spying. Um, And they say that key electronics have been recovered from China's, quote, surveillance or spy balloon uh, that was shot down off the East Coast by the military on February the 4th. Um, They say those electronics are believed to have been used to gather intelligence U.S. officials have now said uh, they say it was likely a sophisticated high altitude spying vehicle conducting surveillance over sensitive U.S. military sites, including nuclear bases in Montana, the U.S. Strategic Command, STRATCOM, if you will, and a base that boasts nuclear bombers in Missouri, etc., let's just start there. What the heck is going on? I submit to you that we are in a war, whether it's declared or not. Well, Sam, I, I, your listeners, this, this shouldn't be any surprises to them. I mean, we, we were talking about this from the moment it, it hit the, the news. I mean, this is exactly what was going on. And, and a, a couple of guys kicking things around on the radio uh, saw immediately what was going on. And uh, the highest levels of this administration couldn't seem to connect the dots. And, of course, that's not hard to do. I'm afraid that Joe Biden is connecting the dots with a crayon uh, and trying to draw a duck or something like that. At any rate, we've been talking about this since the day that hit. But and I don't want to diminish what you're saying, and, and, and I almost it's for shock effect. Who aren't we at war with? And there may be a couple of countries we haven't uh, done some impositions on. I mean, we, we, we attacked the Nord Stream thing. We, I mean, that's an act of war. We blew up that uh, uh, supply line. Um, yeah, that pipeline. So that yeah. Was a, yeah, okay. So, so we've got a surrogate war going on in, in um, Ukraine. We have got stuff going on still. And, ho- and hold on, we're, still we're, we're to the point in America where we can't even make enough ammunition 
and enough weapons for Ukraine now, too. They say that we're just we're unable to produce enough for them. But the question yeah. becomes, you talk about cold wars, you talk about hot wars, you talk about undeclared wars, you got all these terms. But I'm wondering if the U.S. is in an undeclared hot war with China now. When they're literally engaging in spying, that surveillance without authorization, they lie and claim it's nothing but a, um, you know, um, weather balloon or something like this. But, folks, they say this. According to a statement from a State Department official, the balloon was furnished with tech equipment and antennas, as well as other equipment that was not nearly for intelligence surveillance, but it was capable of collecting and geolocating communications, etc. Okay, we're far beyond this uh, inert device. Now, here's the deal. U.S. officials have now shared intelligence with other countries because their China aerial surveillance program has targeted at least 40 nations across five continents. All right, the Chinese Communist Party has been developing balloons for various military purposes in recent years. They are confident that the downed balloon has direct ties to the communist military. How do we say that's not war, Dr. Bradley? How do we claim that's like peaceful in nature, we're not at war, that, wait a minute, if not, that's all those balloons, you can say, well, one drifted, a weather balloon drifted, not when you're in over 40 nations, not when there's multiple things shot down in recent days over our skies, not when, okay, You've lost that narrative that it's a peaceful balloon. They're literally engaging in acts of war. Am I overstating it, you think? Well, no, China's a bad actor. There's no question about that. And I I don't want to diminish this, but we need to understand that we live in a bad world. Everybody is doing covert stuff against everybody. Now, I've been out of the game for a number of years, as you well know. But when I was more engaged in this kind of stuff more than china more than russia by probably double maybe five times the nation that had more covert actions against us was israel i mean now again that may have changed it's probably 10 times more now i don't know but but the fact of the matter is everybody is spying on everybody the united states has been catching Merkel's conversations in Germany. I mean, we do covert stuff every. I'm not saying that that this is the. I, I guess I'm trying to say that we need to expect this, and and we need to understand that that's the nature of the beast we're in. We shoot down all their balloons. We don't. I mean, we should. We don't give them a chance to fly across all our strategic air command bases and our and our silo uh, sites and all that kind of, we don't, what idiot did that? Oh, yeah, he's running crayons in the White House. But the fi- fact of the matter is, this is a dangerous world that we're in. And if we're not expecting the worst, we're going to get it. And that's kind of where we are right now. By the way, a little side trip on this thing. Snowden, remember Edward Snowden, the guy that uh, yes, I mean, of course. gave us so much intel. Anyway, uh <clears throat> His perspective, I saw the other day, that uh, the balloon thing was a distraction that the 
White House is trying to get us to look over there, look over there. They don't want us to look at the what should be launched, a full-blown investigation into the, the Nord Stream, covert, aggressive, active war action that happened. The United States Navy went out and did a deep dive, blew up a state. Uh, I mean, it's okay, what's the difference? You blow up a, uh, a U.S. military ship somewhere in the Gulf, or we shoot down an aircraft uh, somewhere, or we send Tomahawk missiles against Syria, or we, I mean, come on, people. We are doing this stuff all the time. And Snowden's saying it was a distraction, these balloon things, were an attempt to distract us from what outrage we should, the whole world should be outraged at what the United States did. And you and I talked about this right after it happened. It had to be a state actor that did that based upon all of the issues that we know about it. You know, everything from the depth of it to the cord coordinated uh, navies and aircraft and everything else like that, it had to be a state actor. And our well, and to realize we're in over 130 nations militarily right now, Doctor. We do. Okay, We've got to quit getting we our doing? pocket picked. We've got to quit getting our pocket picked. Yes, the balloons were hostile. There's no question we said that the day we found out about them. But the crayon-wielding president couldn't take action. Oh, no, we might fall on somebody. Look, eastern Montana has a lot of open spaces. It if ain't going to fall on nobody. That's psychotic. <laughs> well, and stuff like that, I mean, I've told about some of the things with the space junk that's been up there that we had some dealings with some decades ago, and stuff like that falls out of the sky all the time. I mean, it loses orbit, and it degrades, and pretty soon it's falling on the Earth. But the fact of the matter is stuff happens. What what we've got to do is quit being fools. This most favored nation status that, that uh, Reagan signed, to give the uh, communist yeah, shame Chinese on shame on old Ronnie. Let's revoke that. Revoke it. It's just time to be done with it. We got to recognize, and, and that's one of the things. And I wish there were time. I know we I use up a lot of time, <laughs> but but were there time, I would review with you George Washington's statements in his farewell address about this um, kind of wacko, unbelievable alliance with some people we think are our friends like i said israel uh used to in the old days my day i guess i could say was the one that was picking our pocket more than anybody anybody by orders of magnitude probably and and we say oh no we're and we're, then we're hostile attacks on top of that like the uss liberty absolutely oh phew, let's not even go there 1967 i mean oh man we ought to talk about that some whole uh, show sometime these acts of war against us. And, and the fact of the matter is, we sometimes feel like, oh, no, they're our friends. No, they're not. We've got to recognize that, that we've got to stand alone or we're going to sink. And that's kind and of And one of the things we need to do, today. ladies and gentlemen, is get off their uh, economic crack. Okay, the days of yeah. cheap China goods are over. Uh, we, we've got to learn to make our own goods and be an independent, strong, wealthy, robust nation with the engine's greatest economy ever known to the world. We've got to return to that, people. All right, ain't tight. We've got a lot more on this topic. We'll do it in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley. Freedom's Rising Sun. Do you know what is great radio. about America? Ask an immigrant. 
Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm calling it an act of war, ladies and gentlemen, and let me tell you why. Um, you just can't violate airspace. With surveillance, military-tied equipment, lie and say it's a balloon, uh, and then have normalized relations with that country. So let me give you an example. China now says, hey, 10 U.S. high-altitude balloons have flown into its territory within the last year without China's permission. Now, of course, the United States denies that and says those claims are false. I don't trust the communist Chinese, but I don't trust our government either. And I kind of go back to this, Dr. Bradley, a little bit. I mean, on this, who do you trust more? We say we didn't fly our balloons over their territory, and they say we did. Who do you believe? I believe both of us have done it, and our government's lying. We're not going to solve these problems unless we become truthful and start demanding the truth of others also. Yeah, I mean, come on. If their lips are moving, they're lying. I mean, that is, a, and, and Reagan used to always say, trust but verify. I always say distrust until verified. I mean, I really, truly believe that. And, and if we don't, come on. People need to understand how many people are you most probably most of your or audience does not uh, remember or even thought about Francis Gary Powers. What what was what happened? Francis Gary Powers. Who the heck is that guy? This is back you know the '62. Uh, he was released in exchange for a, a, look. Go watch the movie uh, 
Bridge of Spies, I think it was. It's a Tom Hanks movie. That was the exchange of uh, Francis Gary Powers for a, a Russian spy, Rudolf Abel. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> we, be, we do overflights all the time. I mean, I remember at my day again, uh, they never told us some of the uh, capabilities that we had and, and some of the weapons controllers that I had association with that had radar screens in front of them and we could watch very, 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 very high speed aircraft cross airspace. And uh, they were US, we knew it and nobody admitted it and we had certain people who were watching over the shoulder to see what the kind of performance they got. We have done this forever. It's the nature of the beast and we cannot, uh, we can't be seduced. We become slaves to our uh, assumptions sometimes that, that one nation's more friendly to, to us than another. We've got to recognize that, that we're in this and, and, and stuff that we do like uh, the UN uh, alliances for the regional things like the USMCA or the uh, the Paris climate thing or or whatever that's out there it undermines our national sovereignty and we've got to quit doing that kind of stuff it's it's one of those things that that it goes clear back to 1648 the Westphalian treaty as an independent sovereign nation we must and uh, if we're not independent we're, we're losing our sovereignty well, and We're so I got a question. Can you country. can you call this something else besides an act of war when the communist Chinese were saying we've linked these balloons to high surveillance technology, spying without our permission, tied to the communist Chinese military? Is there a way to say that's not really an act of war? If it's not, what is Probably it? Probably not. Probably not a way to say that, but it is. I don't think you can back out of it if you're honest. Why don't we close down our most favored nation status? Why don't we shut off the the, uh, the hemorrhaging we're doing economically to these guys? They're eating our lunch. We, in Utah, for example, they're trying to start a beachhead for communist China in Utah so that they can have their own sovereignty. Yeah, it's like here. an inland port. Idaho does right? it. Yeah, yeah. And we, they're also I, launching I, police stations that are communist Chinese ran as kind of consulate police stations right here in the United States and all over the world at the same time. This is what I mean when you point to the different evidence pieces that I've been able to assemble as just Joe Redneck researcher myself, you go, how do you say we're not at war? I don't see how you can pretend that's not true. Well, the thing is, though, we, we uh, obviously we're not uh, going to launch a uh, nuclear attack against them. We're not going to sta start landing on their beaches. We're not. Of course not. Nor should we. Kinds of things we've got. We're, we've got to recognize that we're getting our pocket picked constantly. We've got to close those loopholes, those options. The most favored nation status is a wonderful place to start. But all of these uh, UN kinds of alliances that are regional arrangements, like Trans-Pacific partnerships, they keep trying to do, and so on and so forth. All of these things destroy our sovereignty and weaken us. And when the three amigos get together down in, uh, uh, you know, this get together that the U.S., Canada, and Mexico guys, and they open up their borders, I, we, we're fools. And, and the people that run this nation are either complete enemies of our nation and our sovereignty, or they're, they're, they are fools. That's, I don't know how else to put it. And and so we need to just staunch the the, the flow of blood. Uh, somebody's cut our carotid artery, and we're bleeding out. 
Well, and, you you know, somebody might say, well, Sam, if we stop now and and we cut off trade with China and we whatever, uh, you know what? We'll be at a war. Well, the only reason we would possibly be at a war is because we've been so derelict in our duty for the last 30, 40 years that all the money in our most favored nation trading status that has flown out of the United States into the communist nation has been used to build up their military, creating this crisis. We're the ones that funded and created the crisis by our stupidity in the first place, doctor, violating every tenet of the supreme law of our land. We, uh, I, my book talks about this a little bit. We have the best enemies money can buy. You pick any enemy we have had in the past. I mean, ISIS, sure, that's it. I mean, every you look at anybody, we were the ones that established them, and then we, we create this emergency, and then we have to respond to it, and the military-industrial complex wins. We keep the people in fear and doubt. We spend taxpayers' money. We're not able to go about our lives in peace and freedom and so on and so forth. Because we create our own enemies. We created Red China, Sam. We did. I mean, uh, I know it. We created, funded, trained, gave them technology. I mean, the list goes up. Treasonous activity to build this enemy now has gone on for decades. Red China is a creation of the United States based upon how we fostered them with military weaponry after World War II until they took over the mainland and in 49 drove Chiang Kai-shek off into the island. I mean, Russia, we put them, we kept them on life support through the 1930s and they survived World War II because of us. I mean, it's one of those things where, okay, Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler, who wants to be our favorite uncle? They're both bad, but we chose one side and we went with that. I mean, it's absolutely, what did we do when we withdrew from Afghanistan? $80 billion at least of high-tech military equipment that can be marketed all over the world or used against us all over the world? I mean, it's, it's just absurd what we do. And what about the billions of dollars that Barack Obama literally sent over on boats, just money? cash illegal as all get out nobody prosecutes any of these criminals for their activities joe biden every single day the stench of criminal activity gets deeper but there's nobody taking action kevin mccarthy's twiddling his thumbs going hey you know we're gonna work on lowering taxes or something like that we know we can't get it through we're gonna we're gonna pass this bill that we know the senate and the house won't go for we're gonna uh, raise the debt ceiling but let's see what we can extract first and i mean these guys literally are like teenage soccer players running around in the middle of a war going, Durr, what do we do now? Folks, this well, is look insanity. At, look at Ukraine. $100 billion of taxpayers' dollars going over there. You mentioned the fact we can't even manufacture ammunition fast enough for a losing cause. The Russians aren't going to say, oh, we missed our chance. We're going home. It's going to be a war of attrition. It is a surrogate war of the United States and NATO against Russia. And and it's one of those things that... Uh, By the way, an undeclared, undeclared unconstitutional immoral war. Let's be super clear. That's right. Just because they're pulling the trigger and not us, we provided them with all the ammunition and the weaponry and everything else like that. And and so we've got we've got defense systems we put over there, top secret. Every time we fly a, a mission, every time... We use a radio, uh, electronic countermeasures. We key the mic, whatever. They're they're picking our pocket again. It's it's what's happening is they're listening, they're observing. The intelligence is there. Our radar signatures, 
everything that happens in these kinds of things is we've spent hundreds of billions of dollars developing a defensive system for the United States. We are giving it away to the lowest bidder, basically, some that don't even, well, none of them deserve it. But the fact of the matter is we are just shoveling stuff out the door as fast as we possibly can. And uh, so our intelligence is being lost not just to balloons, but every other thing we're doing around the world, too. Yeah, other than that, it's not so bad. Hey, I want to discuss internal issues, though. Everybody wants their own private Idaho. We'll tell you about that in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live with Dr. Scott Bradley. Freedomsrisingsun.com. Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says the water in East Palestine is drinkable and their air is breathable after a train derailment caused a toxic chemical spill and massive fire. DeWine said the railroad, Norfolk Southern Railway, will have pressure on them until they make this right. The railroad created this problem. Yeah. Uh, people didn't create this problem. They brought this... This uh, into the into the community. It was their railroad that had had the huge, huge, massive wreck, traumatic for the people. We're going to hold them to feet to the fire. Democrat Senator John Fetterman from Pennsylvania checked himself into Walter Reed National Military Medical Center Thursday to receive treatment for clinical depression. His chief of staff, Adam Gentleson, said in a statement, while John has experienced depression off and on throughout his life, it only became severe in recent weeks. Fetterman suffered a stroke last year before winning the Pennsylvania Senate race. Earlier this month, his office said he was hospitalized after feeling lightheaded, but the test ruled out another stroke. I'm Dave Collins. The United Arab Emirates National Energy Company plans to sell about 4% of its natural gas business in an IPO that it hopes will raise $2 billion. Proponents say it will help supply the energy demand in Europe. The Abu Dhabi National Oil Company will sell more than 3 billion shares on the Abu Dhabi Securities Exchange next Thursday. It's time for some boogity-boogity-boogity Sunday as NASCAR Racing returns with the Daytona 500. Legendary actor Bruce Willis' condition has progressed into frontotemporal dementia, which has no cure. Willis's family put out a letter Thursday describing the cruel disease and thanked everyone for the love and support for the past year. A very happy TGIF to you, my friend. This is USA News. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home at auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. 
Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store? But then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent. That's why My Pillow has developed the My Pillow towels. Towels that work. The six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. And right now you can receive a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code USA. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code USA or call 800-951-8175. That's mypillow.com, promo code USA. All right, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley. I know we never have enough time to discuss every topic to its full uh, conclusion, but remember we've been carrying forward the sacred cause of liberty for more than a quarter of a century, ladies and gentlemen. And over the years, we've certainly covered every subject under the sun exhaustively. But we do apply the news, the things that are happening in our society, to the standard the Founding Fathers have set. And the reason we do that is because there's a clear way to solve the problems we face. It is all rooted in the simple phrase, we promote God, family, and country. All right? Is the U.S. in a hot, undeclared war with China? Sadly, I think the answer is an undisputable yes. Now, does that mean we ought to go on the offensive and load our rifles and try to, you know, launch on their, land on their beaches and stuff? Of course not. Does it mean we need to take serious action to prevent them from gathering more evidence and more uh, uh, surveillance on us? Stop them from getting funding from us to build even a greater military eventually to uh, invade us? Of course it does, ladies and gentlemen. It is beyond debate that this is happening. All right? We have the best money enemies can buy, as Dr. Bradley wisely put it. There's no doubt about it. But looking internally for a second in the United States, because look, a hot war with all these nations or whatever might eventually turn into an, an internal war, a civilian-type war in America. We know Antifa and Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, the Proud Boys and all these other crazy whacked-out folks are rioting. And they've turned your God-given First Amendment, you have the right to peacefully assemble, into a riot, and they claim it's legitimate. They're on crack. They're crazy. Nevertheless, I bring that up because internally there's some discussions happening uh, about creating new states, about counties moving from one state to a different state because they feel like there's no representation. The Idaho House of Representatives now passed what they call a memorial on Wednesday calling for talks between Idaho and Oregon about making rural Oregon counties part of Idaho, expanding Idaho's borders to encompass parts of Oregon. And the reason they want to do this is it would allow rural Oregon conservative counties to become part of a Republican-controlled state instead of a whacked-out state dominated by urban progressive liberals. Eleven counties in southern and eastern Oregon have now voted to join Idaho as part of the, quote, greater Idaho movement to extend the state's border. Um you know what? This is getting more serious by the second, Doctor Bradley. Well, yeah, this is. It's you might be shocked. I don't know. Some of your listeners might already know this, but probably almost half the states in the nation have got some kind of action like this going on. Even Illinois. I mean, Illinois is done. They're done with Chicago. You know, the these urban areas that are just whacked out of things. But 
But to your problem, your issue that you're just talking about with this Idaho thing has been going on for quite a while. And uh, there is a real movement within the rural counties in uh, Oregon, the eastern counties, to get out from underneath the socialist thumb of the uh, coastal areas, if you will. But it's interesting, there is a process outlined in the Constitution, Article 4, Section 3. Hold on, imagine that, ladies and gentlemen. There's a process by which we can discuss this, and we can do it obeying the supreme law of the land. Imagine that idea. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, By the way, uh, this was violated, I think, when West Virginia was created back in the Civil War era uh, because they didn't follow the process that's here, but, but... it can be done, but it's a it is a process, and because of it, they probably won't happen. Because I don't think Portland wants to let go of the productive workers that are contributing to their socialism on the coast. Uh, by yeah, letting go and they the, won't let go till Atlas shrugs, huh, doctor? So anyway, here's here's Article Four, Section Three. New states may be admitted by the Congress into this union, but no new state shall be formed or erected within the jurisdiction of any other state. Mm, that was West Virginia, nor any state be formed by the uh, by the jurisdiction of two or more states, excuse me, by the junction of two or more states or parts of states without the consent of the legislatures of the states concerning concerned as well as of the Congress. So if both legislatures agree and the Congress, the United States Congress agrees, then uh you could have the eastern portion of Oregon merged into the panhandle of, of uh, Oregon. I mean, of Washington. Oh, but shoot. the bar is set Idaho. so high that will never happen. It's very unlikely because and there's a movement in California to do this. There's a movement in Washington to yes. do this. Like I because said, even, even if Illinois Congress, is, even is if the state legislators of two states, Oregon and Idaho, did it, Congress will never buy off on it. Well, if you had both states agree to it, Congress would be more inclined, I'm thinking, but the fact of the matter is, Oregon knows they're not going to let the meal ticket go. If See, if they've spent all their... Look at California, for crying out loud. California is, is a huge, huge economic problem. They're looking now, right now, even as we talk, Sam, of, of uh, allocating over $900 billion to black people. I mean, this is in the state of California alone. Nine hundred billion dollars. Yeah, and they're trying to tax. They're trying to tax wealthy people that even leave the state. In, in, what's the word? Uh, in perpetuity or whatever, forever. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Well, see, that's the thing. They, they, well, California does that, by the way. And I know this is a side trip, but if California does this, there's no no billion dollar deficit here. Oh. The rest of you nation, uh, you have to bail us out, all you taxpayers, because we decided we're going to give almost trillions to people that were descendants of slaves. Well, holy cow. I mean, and it's like, I just cannot believe the stupidity of this. And uh, There are people, I read a deal by, what was his name, Amos Brown. This is somebody that has some ties to Utah here in the not-too-distant past. Um He's going to. He's one of those that's trying to pick the pocket of all the taxpayers of the nation, literally, with this uh, trillion-dollar giveaway. How can people that this is not going to cause acrimony to the nth degree? And and you know, yeah, Oregon, let go of the, your eastern half, and Illinois, let go of your your states that don't want to be tied to Chicago. California, do the same. Team Washington. 
But here we're saying they're they're claiming the right to redistribute a trillion dollars just in California alone for slave reparations. I mean, we have gone insane as a people. And and Amos Brown is leading this cause and uh, some the LDS church gave him gobs of money lately to take black kids to Africa and show them what kind of uh, reparation should be due to Americans, I mean, through, from Americans to the survivors of descendants of black slaves. It is absolutely insane. Churches, governments, uh, academia, everything seems to have fallen off the rails. Media, certainly, too. So uh, people, if, you, if it feels like we're hyperventilating, sometimes I think we should be because the sanity has left the country. And uh, I, I think, I think Idaho ta- ought to take in Oregon. I mean, let's just do it. The both legislatures say it, and the Congress bless it, and get it on the way. But, but uh, there's a lot, a lot of big fish we got to fry sometime along the line here. Well, and then well, you we got to wonder too. You know, part of the problem and the reason people feel like they're not represented, whether we move uh, counties to different states so they can look to a conservative legislative body, comparatively speaking. Uh, conservative is a very interesting term to me because, you know, if you're off the rails, communist at a 10, one out of 10, 10 being the worst, 10 communists, they want to move to an eight communist rather than a 10 because it feels better. But really the problem in my mind is that we don't have appropriate representations in Congress. The Senate used to be uh, mirrored by the state legislative or created by the state legislative bodies. That's been stripped, so that check and balance is gone. No wonder you don't feel represented, people. Uh, So the states have no real seat at the table as part of the problem in the dual sovereignty discussion. Uh, But in addition to that, now the congressmen, look, you were only supposed to have a certain number of people per Congress representative. And we've gone way away from that. You know, it used to be like one to 35,000 or something. Now it's like one to five million or, you know, it depends on where you live. But I'm just saying it's way out of whack. (laughs) No wonder people feel like they're not represented. Doctor? Well, absolutely. I mean, they're. I'll just back up, clear back to 1789, when they created the uh, Bill of Rights in Congress, two-thirds both houses agreed to it and sent it out to the states to be ratified. There weren't just 10 proposed amendments. There was 12. And the first two did not pass. Um, so the, what would have been the Third Amendment became the First Amendment. But, but the fact of the matter is that two of them were out there. Well, about 200 years later, the uh, uh, 27th Amendment, which was originally in the original Bill of Rights, got passed. So we got one out there still, and it had to do with representation in Congress. If it ever passes, our Congress is going to grow dramatically. I haven't done the numbers, but it'll be around 6,000 probably in Congress. But what will happen is meet the original intent of having Congress closer to the people, representing fewer people. So now it's Hang about 650,000-ish. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John eight forty four. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. 
and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. My brother and two other boys were the ones that got in the car with her, and she was drunk. The road that goes to her house is like really windy, and she was taking that road at 80 to 100 miles per hour, and it hit into the road there. Her door flung open. She ran out across the street to get away from it, and the other three boys were trapped in it, and the car exploded. And then when my mom found out about it, she called me at work. I don't care what you have to do, just get up here to the hospital. You know, I parked my car and I went inside, and they took us back to this little room. My mom told me that Jake had been killed, and I, I lost it. The other people were like, well, you can drink, but just be careful when you drink, you know? So I don't want anything to do with it, because it took my brother away from me. <laughs> A public service message from The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm saying, folks, I'm not against uh, certain counties leaving one state, moving to another if they feel like that's what they want to do. If, if again, uh, and here's the, the clincher for me. If we follow the supreme law of the land and how to get it done, you don't just do the willy-nilly West Virginia garbage. You don't do this weird crap that avoids all the checks and balances. You obey that. If both states agree and want to do it, uh, and uh, Congress agrees and wants to do it, then great. That's an option on the table. Without that, though, it's not an option. Because to do it, you'd have to violate the supreme law of the land, ladies and gentlemen. So, look, we've got to follow the blueprint for liberty, okay? You've got to do that. Now, I also, though, say, look, you know what? If you had enough congressmen representing the people, and if you have the senators giving a, a, you know, accountable to the state legislative bodies, then you'd give a state the all the states a seat at the table directly, with clear control in their own venue with checks and balances, and you'd empower the people because they could bend the ear of somebody a gazillion times easier than now. Why do we always overlook the simpler solutions first, Doctor Bradley? Why? Why? Why do we do this when the guidance is right before our very eyes? Yeah, our path should be very well known, and it's uh, it's well marked, and and we literally uh, could find our way back if we just would follow it, you know. So, absolutely, this for example, you talk about the representation in the House. If if you go to Article One in in the United States Constitution, under Section Two, the original intent until they did their thing about. Uh, the enumerations and everything for the censuses and everything was that they, they outlined how many representatives each state was to have. But they said that they, the, the, this is a quotation, the number of representatives shall not exceed one for every 30,000. Okay, so the original intent was that each, you know, representative would represent 30,000 people-ish. Now, they legislatively capped the House of Representatives at 435, 
which today is probably between 650 or 700,000 uh, citizens, if you will, per representative. But now you're just a numbers game. I mean, they don't give a ham a hang what Sam Bushman has to say about anything. And so, again, back in the original intended of uh, uh, program, um, that, here's, here's what... Uh, Here's what it says in the original First Amendment I mean, that didn't get ratified. Now, the original Second Amendment was ratified uh, 100 years later so that they have to stand for election after they give themselves a raise. And you can go look at the 27th Amendment to your leisure. But the original First Amendment just uh, is modified. There shall be not less than 100 representatives nor less than one representative for every 40,000 persons until the number of representatives shall amount to 200, after which the proportion shall be regulated by Congress that there shall be not less than 200 representatives nor more than one representative for every 50,000 persons. And so that could be interpreted. We may go to a 50,000 uh, person per uh, That's fine if you do that in, in Utah, though, and you have three uh, 3,500,000 people about. You'd have seven congressmen, right? Even at fifty thousand. Well, see, that's the thing. You'd have more. You'd have more contact with your representative. Some people really want that. Some people are really fostering it. Of course, you'd have to build a new Capitol building because they'd have to cram everybody in. Uh, I don't. Or know. you could meet virtually. The There's all kinds of modern got... ways to to do that. I don't know that we need to get them all together in one location anyway. That's a national security risk, if you ask me. But hey. <laughs> Well, so the thing is that uh, that there have been some ideas out there saying we want the people to be closer to their representative, you know. And to give the states so, more sovereignty, why don't they just meet in state buildings um, that they already have? They can meet in the state buildings per their own state. We've already got room. We don't need to build any new buildings. Uh, you can create a network, and the states will be represented here locally uh, back in Washington, D.C., without appearing in the 10-mile square anyway. We could do that easily, Doctor. Well, of course you could. And, and the thing is, though, that uh, what we we have is kind of we've got constipated brains in a way. We don't think about these things thoroughly. And because of that, uh, oh, it's always been done this way. We limited it to 435. That's legally it. And they legislatively did it. But the fact of the matter is, if the people were closer to the representatives, perhaps we'd have a little bit more sensitivity to what was being imposed on the people, you know. So I, I, you know, there's just some things out there we really ought to look at. And I'm not advocating for 6,000 members of the Congress. And I am. By the way, there'd probably have to be, yeah, you're, you're uh, by the way, your electoral college would grow proportionally too. That's fine. You'd have two senators from every state plus However, many congressmen, which would, let's say, 6,600, roughly is what it would be at 50,000 each, um, then then you've got something that... Uh, yeah, and if you, know, and if you want to change the, the way you don't think that's dynamic. sustainable, you want to change the way that the Supreme Law of the Land would call it to happen right now, that's discussable, too. You can always change the Constitution with an amendment, folks. So if you don't like that, but, but, but right now I'm just saying, to. hey, what we're doing is nothing. We're just ignoring the law. We're, you don't have to have a con-con. I want to always interject that because you can change this amend. You can amend it, one amendment, a, sh a kind of a, a rifle shot, if you will, instead of a shotgun blast. 
I mean, just like, okay, the 17th Amendment, horrific. The states lost their yeah, representation at yesterday. the national level. And, and, and the 18th Amendment put prohibition in. We didn't call a con-con to get rid of the uh, 18th Amendment. We did the 21st Amendment, a single-purpose amendment that said, okay, now we're getting rid of prohibition. We could get rid of the 17th Amendment just as easily. I mean, and, and the fact of the matter is, it's open to do that without putting the whole The 17th Amendment is hereby abolished. Next. Yep. It could be that simple, folks. I know it seems like I'm a simpleton, but it could be that simple. All right. Anyway, I, I wanted to bring that up, though, and say there's a lot of options on the table constitutionally, ladies and gentlemen. How do you go to the least nuclear of them all and make changes that let the people feel they're represented properly that's really the, the kind of the focus and the goal here and there's a ton of things uh, that could be done uh, and we could use the supreme law of the land as our guide is my highlight and recommendation now pro-life groups have been called terrorists by a u.n committee now doctor well that's a big problem uh, we have churches and other non-governmental entities that are getting in bed with the united nations they are, when you become an NGO for the United Nations, you agree to not do anything that's counter to the purposes of the United Nations, okay? So if you look at uh, almost every United Nations entity has a thing about women and girls. And, and if you read deeply into their, uh, the fine print, if you will, they're making certain that, I mean, yeah, you say, well, women and girls ought to be able to have education. Okay, fine. That's great. That's cool. But what it really comes down to in most instances is the right to abortion. And so if a church, for example, becomes an NGO under the United Nations, a non-governmental organization, they agree that nothing they do will be counter to the purposes of the United Nations. The United Nations is a body that wants abortion. Okay. And, and it, these kind of nuances someday are going to come home to roost with the chickens. And, and you're going to have to say, wait, I didn't know that, that we as a church were going to ultimately and finally be party to an official position of, of free uh, abortions for, for young women, girls, whatever. I mean, this is absolutely absurd. And yes, the United Nations is pro-abortion to the core. Now, by the way, some of the Muslim countries have been uh, agitating against that, but uh, their position has not been recognized as being an official party line. So the United Nations officially basically supports abortion. And in the first hour, we talked about that and how people need to understand what a nefarious organization this is, and it will rule. It will ultimately rule. That's what it's intending to do. I mean, that's what the uh, all of the regional arrangements like NATO are. And uh, the uh, USMCA, United States, Mexican, Canada Agreement, like the uh, European Union, all of these are just regional arrangements under the United Nations. And, uh, and none of these regional arrangements can exist unless they agree to do nothing against the... Uh, United Nations, uh, purposes of the United Nations. Let me get a statement here. Um, here's, here's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Uh, it says, the parties of this treaty affirm their faith in the purposes and principles of the charters of the United Nations. Okay, so, so that's how they come into this thing. 
So they will not violate that. Uh, Here's a NATO handbook. The signatory countries undertake in conformity with the terms of the United Nations Charter. It's an agreement of certain countries, and it's an alliance within the framework of the Charter of the United Nations. I mean, all of these things have this little fine print in there. Um, the, it's, it's tragic that churches give away a part, of their, a part of their faith-based belief system when they participate in some of these things. It is, but, Doctor, say, oh, look, they're literally being called terrorists about. now by a U.N. organization that we don't have any business being part of. Just being part of this organization breaches our sovereignty. But then to allow them to call anybody who stands for pro-life, the whole purpose of government, to be considered a terrorist? Hey, the U.N. has become a terrorist organization to even say, to make such a claim. The the United Nations is a war body. There's nothing in there that facilitates peace. It will be their way of the highway, ultimately and finally. I mean, I've been to the United Nations. I've sat in the General Assembly. I've listened to the arguments and discussions and debates. These guys, it's like airing your family's arguments in front of the whole wide world, and and acrimony is is just bread, you know? And and so I guess I just have to sometimes wonder, what in the world are we doing in the United Nations that it's it's just astonishing to me? I mean, NATO is a military arm of the United Nations. And who's to say someday that some NATO organization or some other regional arrangement of the United Nations might come in and say, all you guys that are pro-life, we're going to come in and arrest you. I mean, that kind of stupidity could happen, you know, because we bowed the knee to the greater good, you know. It's horrific, horrific. So Well, and my response is, yeah, Donald, I, none of the people right. running for president is even calling to get out of the United Nations. Nobody that's running for president right well, now is Nikki even calling Haley, for it on Haley either side of the aisle. was the ambassador. Yeah, so she yeah, loves Haley the Haley was an ambassador to the United Nations. So, so there you have it. And she's a, a young world leader. And, and so are so many of those people that are out there that we're currently looking to as the elites. The only way That's I will vote for somebody for president at first, again? they agree to get out of the United Nations. Secondly, they agree to constitutional currency. Those are t- kind of two of the first volley points for me. Yeah. All right. All right, oh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We're flat again, out of Sam. time. Two hours goes so fast. We'll talk on Monday. we got a whole lot more incredible stuff coming up on Monday. I'm telling you, watch for that. Have a delightful weekend. For Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and Sam Bushman, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. We declare, we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and indeed will restore the republic, but you got to get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.